Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, <laughs> something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we have a guest with us. Her name is Kim Carpenter. She is a third generation intuitive and is the founder of Bimberlin Soulworks LLC, working as an intuitive mindset coach and EQ practitioner, combining spiritual psychology with over, with over 15 years of experience in the field of human relations to empower others through healing any areas they are seeking to shift within their personal and professional life. Kim, welcome to Paratruth Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. We're glad to have you here. Yeah. Um, Folks, we had a little bit of a rough start here. (laughs) Now I'm exhausted. Um, So, you know, you and I met on Facebook uh, via Podcast Nation, uh, which is relatively new to Justin and I, I've been meeting all kinds of people on that page. It's crazy. Uh, so it's really cool to, to meet people and then have them join us here uh, and vice versa. Uh, but one thing that you and I were discussing uh, that, that you were really um, in tune with is, is the idea of chakras and the upper chakras. And, you know, um, and I guess we, this is something that we haven't really talked much about over the, <laughs> 14 years that we've been doing radio. Uh, So we thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of learn from you and just understand better what the chakras are and how they can help balance our lives uh, on a personal or spiritual level. Yeah, most definitely. So those, you know, the chakra energies, they show up within each of us. Every one of us has them. And they, you can also look at them as, you know, being masculine and feminine energies and how it plays a part in your everyday thoughts, behaviors, mindset, that kind of a thing. Um, it's been around thousands of years um, and practiced for, for many, many years. And so they say, you know, when in harmony, and I deal mostly with major chakras, the seven major, um, when they're in harmony, these major chakras ensure that we maintain our optimal, you know, mental physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. Um, and they all, you know, mesh together and, and harmonize. Okay. And, and now like Justin and I, we've actually um, done a couple of meditations over the years, which have put focus on the chakras. And I noticed that on like in many of these meditations, the chakras kind of change or the, 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 the um, even like the idea behind what the chakra is and what it represents changes depending on who it is that is leading 
the meditation. So do you find that there's a, each chakra has a very well-rounded singular basis for what it means, or is there more to it? Is it really up to personal um, preference or opinion as to what each chakra does? I think each one has its own kind of core energy that it deals with and focuses on, but it fluctuates and ebbs and flows within each of us. So like you said, it, it can, it can change. You can be harmonized and feel like you're balanced. And then maybe something happens in your life. You have an experience or a situation that you're going through or someone else in your energy field is going through. And that can kind of, you know, put you out of balance or may take you back. You know, they, they use the word triggered a lot. If it triggers something within you um, that brings about other energies or emotions or behaviors within yourself. And then you just seek to, you know, realign those again and harmonize them. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that I found super interesting that there are colors associated with each chakra. Um, the, the one thing that, I guess I wasn't really understanding when Eric was talking to me about this was uh, he, he just mentioned it earlier that uh, you guys talked about the upper chakras. What are the upper sh chakras? So when we're dealing with the seven main chakras, um, I'll start with the lower. So we identify one as being your root or your base. Um, and that connects you. That's your foundation. That's, you know, where you're grounded in Two, you move into your lower abdomen area. And that is, that is your sacral chakra. Um, upper abdomen is your uh, solar plexus. Then you move into the heart, which is kind of the midway because those are your lowers and move into the heart. And then you step into the uppers um, being your throat. Um, and also then your brow or your third eye, it's sometimes referred to as, and then your crown um, chakra, which um, those upper chakras are more spiritual um, in meaning. Um, your lower kind of houses all of your foundation, what your formative years kind of shaped you and what your beliefs are and your value system and that kind of a thing. Heart is, is where you always kind of um, go back to heart center. A lot of people say where you're just bringing everything back into balance. So you're, you're harmonizing that intellectual side, the spiritual side, your emotional side, that kind of a thing. Oh, okay. So it, I, one thing that, you know, is, is pretty much in all meditation and any, anyone we talk to that deals with the chakras, uh, I've noticed that when we're cleansing them, we're always starting at the root or the foundation and working our way up. Is there a specific purpose to that? And why not start from the top, the crown and work our way down? I feel it varies. I've, I've done them um, usually in my meditations or when I'm working with others, um, I kind of, we open up our chakras and I always start at the top and bring the light in and connect down into the root and then ground into the, to the earth and then work kind of work backwards from there as we, as we work through them and then close them. So I think it just maybe varies by person and their technique and how they do that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes, that makes sense. That's the way I would have, you know, I would probably do it that way. Cause it makes more sense to me. Uh, I know when we, Justin and I, we've done meditations where we talk about or think about negative energies and then energy of light. And that negative energy is something we often put into the ground. Uh, whereas the light we pull from the sky where, or from above us, whatever that source is. So it would make sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I kind of see the practical effect of starting 
at the foundation being like a plant, for example, has to begin in the roots and sprout upward. Uh, and I can only imagine that that's probably where that kind of idea comes from. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Cause you're rooted, you're rooted or grounded in the ground or in the earth. Um, and so you, you do get a lot of, a lot of that from, you know, it builds your foundation, it builds your strength, it builds your power. And then from there, because they, they, you know, it's often said too, that if your root is out of harmony or out of balance, then pretty much all of your other chakras are going to be as well. um, Because you want to start with that solid foundation and then create from there. So I have a, a very specific question and you may not even know the answer to this, but uh, both Eric and I are sensitives. Um, I have kind of developed my my sensitivity more than he has over the past 14 years. I kind of opened myself like in, I think it was like 2009, um, and have started feeling that I'm going through a an, an awakening. Um, a lot of times when I'm feeling communication, uh, either from a higher power or, or spirit, depending on what we're doing, if we're doing a, a paranormal investigation or, or whatever, um, I'll f- feel it in my third eye and then in my crown, where Eric feels it more in his solar plexus or heart chakra area. Is there a reason for that? I don't know if there's a scientific reason or any kind of logic to that. I think you know everybody's different in, in their feelings and sensitivities. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel it in both areas, um, being intuitive, you know, that the intuitive is really into your, um, that sacral chakra, solar plexus down in, you know, that gut feeling that you feel that instinctual kind of thing. And then you may also hear or see or feel or sense, you know, different things that are coming to you that, you know, you have no way of knowing, but you're receiving all of this information. So I, I think it just depends on the person. Okay. So then when you're feeling, I mean, whether you're sensitive to the chakras or whatever you're sensitive to, and you're feeling uh, that something is off, how do you pinpoint what that chakra might be? Um, is, it, is there a specific feeling that you might be like, oh, that's the throat chakra or, you know, that's that you know, it's the foundation. Like what, what are the senses or what are the ideas behind that, that might help someone understand better what they should be focusing on? So a lot of the chakras, the energy is connected to different various points in your body. And that gets more into like a medical or a health side of things. I don't really touch on those issues. I touch more on the emotional energy that's surrounding the person or what they're going through. Um, if it's, you know, I, and I also tied into Reiki. I do Usui uh, Reiki and as I'm with the client and most of it's been, you know, online or distant, I just, you know, get a sense of where they're at in their body, where that emotional blockage may be, or some kind of heaviness or whatever they're dealing through or going through and um, just work that through um, pass that energy through, or just start asking specific questions because also with these chakras, they're also tied into, if you want to look at the psychology side of it, um, they're tied into certain age ages um, from our formative years. So we start at the root and that's pretty much like pre-birth to post-birth. So anybody in your, you know, um, your parents, your guardians, your grandparent, any kind of people that are in your life structured daily, um, you're absorbing that energy as well and taking on that. 
which is sometimes called generational karma or that karma that we carry forward in our lineage, um, those beliefs and our, you know, what we believe in. Um, and so those are kind of all tied in and that's how I go about it. Um, approaching it from that emotional energy standpoint, and then just figuring out, you know, okay, well, you feel like you have some blockage in your midsection, you know, what was going on between two and five years of age, you know, who was there. And sometimes I'll get a hit, like if it's more masculine related or feminine related and say, okay, who were the masculine figures in your life at this time period? And then you start, the client starts answering them or, you know, you kind of go about it in that way. Um, is there ever a a common chakra that's blocked more than others in your in your clientele? Usually, lower chakras, anywhere from root, is probably a most common. Um, but solar plexus and sacral, I'd say solar plexus really is. Um, if people aren't confident, or they, they you know they, they don't step into their full power, or you know they want to advance in their career, or that kind of a thing. I feel those, you know, that second and third chakra are really the most common too. Okay. And so we, when it comes to like, when you're working with a client, uh, do you find that one session with them is more than enough, more than enough to help them kind of purify those chakras or cleanse them and move forward? Or do you, do you think, or do you find that there's more like multiple sessions and it can take some time for somebody to fully feel cleansed in themselves again? I think that also varies by client. Um, someone who may just, uh, for example, I had someone, another spiritual friend come to me saying, you know, I'm not getting messages. I'm not, you know, she was a psychic reader and she's like, I'm, I'm not receiving anything. What's going on here. And so we just did some distant healing. Um, we worked with, um, I also work with crystals, um, and amethyst is very powerful for your brow or third eye opening, um, and just had her lay there for a bit and worked through a couple of just kind of things that were more focused on the brow chakra, um, in that time period of her life. And she's like, Oh yeah. Okay. You know, something was going on with my dad at that time. And then the next day she texts back and she's like, I'm getting messages now. It's, you know, it helped. Whereas others I've gone seven and eight sessions when we're trying to work through, like we're starting from each chakra and just hitting them, you know, focusing on them solely for the session um, before they feel like they have a clearing or an opening. So it, mm -hmm. it just varies. Okay. I was looking through your website and then I First off, it's a beautiful website, by the way. But, Thank, um, you. Thank you. Uh, I was seeing that you, you actually offer a couple of different things. You got the complimentary consultation, uh, intuitively soulful readings, um, intuitively inspired coaching for women. You've got a membership plan, um, which offers mystical guidance. Um, do you just kind of have a, a variety of, of different clients between those? Is there other stuff that you offer that um, isn't on the website at all? So thank you. Yeah, I just revamped that for 2022 and kind of honed in on what I really want to focus on and what I've what I've dealt with with clients before. And it all does center around emotional energy um, with intuitive readings being the most popular service, if, if I may say that. Um, and and those can vary. Those can be from topics, you know, what is my love life? Um, what am I going to do in my career? Those can vary. The coaching goes into more specifics. If someone wants to grow a certain area or has a goal in mind and they, you know, I help them uh, achieve that or get to that. 
And that can include, um, you know, the Reiki. I do also do therapeutic art journaling. Um, there's other services and other tools that I put into that service, the energy healing, the chakras. It just varies, you know, by session and whatever the client may be um, wanting to go through or wanting to clear. Maybe one session we're talking about chakras. Maybe the next time we're talking about, okay, you need to, you know, take a couple of classes if you're wanting to get to this point in your career or just say it can fluctuate. Okay. So now I'm going to jump back just a little bit here because you said that some clients you'll spend, you know, seven, eight days working on each chakra. Uh, have you ever found where if you're spending that much time uh, as you cleanse chakras, say today, maybe the chakras you worked on yesterday or the day prior start to cloud up again and you have to go back through that whole thing. Like, is that something that's pretty common in your work or is do chakras kind of you know, once they're cleansed, they take a while before clouding again, or is that more just per person? Both. I think it, it, you know, it, they have to do a lot of work on their side of it too. So we can go through and we can clear things, but if they're really having something they're stuck on, or maybe it was related to a past experience or trauma or an abuse or something that they're, they're always thinking about in the present moment, they've got some work to do on their side as well. Um, So we may clear it, but then I give them some affirmations or some journaling to do or something that keeps them going. Whereas they're not falling back into that cloudiness or that blurred blocked situation. Um, and they'll, you know, it's, you know, you can take a couple steps forward. You may take a step back and then you take three more steps forward. And so there's this dance with yourself that you do in that healing process. Um, so, you know, whereas the end of the sessions, we may get to, starting from the beginning again, or taking a look at where some blockages reoccurred, but it, it, it's, it varies by client and, and what the work that they're willing to do and commit to themselves as well. So it's pretty much like any other practice, whether it's like a, a medical practice or, or uh, something else, you, you have to listen to your doctor and, and do what your doctor's telling you to do in order to feel better. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, people that I, that come to me, they're wanting change. And that's a big, important thing is, you know, it's hard to teach someone something or tell them to do something, or if they're not really interested or they're not, their whole heart isn't into it, but if they're wanting to improve themselves, uh, correct, you know, their energy or just feel better about themselves, um, then they put in the work and they'll, and they'll do it. Okay. Um, have you ever had anybody had an emotional response when you do a good a good enough clearing that that everything's unblocked? Yeah, I've had it happen a few times, um, and it's just you know a quiet moment that you give to someone to let them let them air that out because it's you know important that we we speak of that and communicate our emotions freely instead of holding them in or you know stopping ourselves from crying or feeling that emotion because a lot of times if you try to push it away or not deal with it, it's going to keep popping up until you do. So the more work you do in healing that um, you're helping yourself and better off in the long run. Okay. So I'd, I'd imagine that not probably not everybody that comes to you is 
fully willing or ready to just dive in and cleanse themselves. Uh, you know, from personal experience, uh, being someone with obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, growing up, I was constantly pushed by my parents to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, even talk with them. And it's not something I wanted to do. And so mm -hmm. sessions were very difficult. Uh, have you had people like that come to you where they're being forced by a family member, a husband, uh, you know, a significant other? Uh, and how did you go about working with them to, to help them realize it's something that they needed to do for themselves uh, as opposed to believing, you know, that, oh, my, my significant other is the enemy forcing me here, you know? Everybody I've had so far is coming willingly. They're okay. wanting it. They're wanting that change. Um, I was dabbling a little bit into some training for companies or, you know, if they're wanting to do leadership training for their management team or, um, you know, and, and when you're in that scenario in that work environment, the company is essentially putting this training on you and not all people are willing to go through that and participate. So, um, if there's statistics out there that say, you know, the training that you go through in your workplace, it may last for six months and then you kind of forget about it and go back to your old ways. So it kind of falls back on that. You know, you, you have to be willing to want that change. Um, but fortunately, the majority of my clients want it. Have you ever had like whole families come to you and need, yeah. need a cleansing or, or any type of coaching? Yeah. Mostly individuals, they're all, and they're talking about their family situations or people in their lives, but it's, it's usually individuals. Okay. So, I mean, the way it sounds is a lot of what you do is, is much like a, a psychologist or psychiatrist would do, only you're pushing it a tad further and getting into the spiritual nature of it, where in most, most of my experiences with psychologists, uh, they don't tend to like to go that far that distance um do you th i'm assuming most of the people that come to you then have some sort of identity in spirituality or uh, some sort of belief in the chakras and i'm guessing maybe they tried other things and it didn't work and that's why they come to you uh, and is that something uh that you've experienced and, and how have you gone about uh helping them understand like the chakras are a real thing and it's something we need to focus on in order to move forward it's not always just the mind. Yeah, right. It's that mind, body, spirit or mind, body, soul, that whole, your whole being essentially that you're trying to harmonize and ebb and flow with your daily activities and experiences. And yeah, um, most of my clients have been kind of in the spiritual realm or field. So they have an understanding of what the chakras are um, and any kind of energy work and that kind of a thing with the Reiki. If someone, you know, doesn't have that knowledge or doesn't have that background, or maybe they've tried traditional therapy and they're just seeking something different or something new, I'll probably wait until I get into that spiritual psychology of things, maybe a session or two, um, just to kind of slowly introduce them or maybe give them a book to read or something to, you know, Hey, how do you really feel about this? Or do you want, would you like to try some of these, you know, tools and sessions going in this route? Um, so yeah, I kind of give it back to the client to see what they're really comfortable with. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I see them making faces or something and they're not, you know, totally grasping where I'm coming from with <laughs> universal language. Um, yeah. I just bring it back into, you know, everyday language. Keep it simple. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to the various tools that you use, um, 
how do you present that to a client and how do you dis, uh, discern what may or may not help them? Like the Reiki, for example, what, what would make you decide, hey, maybe this is a better path that we try? Based on the client, if they're open to receiving that kind of work or that energy, um, it's it's totally up to them if they want to step into that. Um, I usually get, you know, usually if I have a client session scheduled, about the prior hour, half an hour or so, I'll sit down and just start writing down kind of my thoughts, like what's coming to me? What am I feeling about this client? What am I hearing? What are, you know, what are they going through? Or a lot of times I just ask them to send me like a selfie, like a current selfie within the last week or so. And I just read their energy field, read the expressions on their face, read everything around them. We know what's going on in their life. So I'll start out kind of with that information and see if any of it resonates, if any, you know, if I'm hitting, hitting uh, on them or not. And then um, we go from there and you can usually tell right away from that standpoint, if they're going to be open to receiving energy work or more into that, you know, uh, more flexibility and more adaptable to hearing new things. Okay. So have you ever thought about writing uh, a kind of a book on some of the basics of chakra and energy healing? I am probably, I've got it on my list of 2022. It's on my vision board of wanting okay. to do is with um, ramp up my YouTube page a little bit and probably oh. do more just quick videos. And then okay. maybe in the next year or two um, start writing um, and getting into more of the, you know, expressing the knowledge and, and the things that I've learned from, from clients. Okay. Um, I, I'm a, a writer, so I always encourage people to write things, especially uh, whether, whether you're nonfiction or fiction, just because knowledge is power. And I think that um, yeah. knowing what you know would be, I, I mean, you have your practice, of course, but knowing what you know and getting it down on paper so people can at least understand the basics of this is why you do this. This is why the crown chakra is so important. Those types of things. Um, even though you're teaching through your practice, the layman who doesn't know Adam from Eve would understand this type of stuff. Um, yeah, right. I can appreciate well, that. Yeah. Um, we are getting close to the end of the time with you. Um, so we just wanted to let you uh, take the mic, give everybody where they can find you, find your practice, your website, all that great stuff. The mic's all yours. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for your time and for the session tonight. It's been a great um, interactive communication about the chakras and different things. So it, the energy feels good. Um, good. I'm on social media, um, Instagram or Facebook under Ben Berlin Soulworks. My um, Instagram is I am intuitive Kim. And my web page is BenBerlinSoulworks.com. And just a little bit of background. Some people ask, hey, where, what, where did you get this name from? Um, Bim was my nickname growing up, and it was just used in a very loving and compassionate way. So I wanted to incorporate that into my business. Lynn is my middle name, so I just merged those two together. And then Soul Works, because really this is what it's all about. You're, you're doing soul work um, to improve yourself and, and better yourself. Awesome. All right, Kim, thank you for so much for being on Paratruth Radio. Thank you.
All right, folks, that was Kim Carpenter, uh, Reiki and Chakra Cleansing. Um, name of the website is FimberlinSoulWorks.com. Make sure you check her out. Uh, great guest. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. You'll hear Eric's Roman Fact of the Day, quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Did you know that the probability of a blue lobster existing is widely touted as being one in two million? According to Cosmopolitan.com, bright blue lobsters are so colored because of a genetic abnormality that causes them to produce more of a certain protein than others. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. I hope everyone is having a good week thus far. Uh, I know last week was a little weird because we accidentally posted Sunday show early. <laughs> That was two weeks ago. It, You're behind was the it? times. Man. No, it yeah. wasn't. Was it really two yeah. weeks ago already? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was with the guest, and then last week was just ourselves because Kim oh, had a situation. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Look, guys, <laughs> I am having a day today. Okay, <laughs> as of this recording, I am having a day. Um, wow, God, time every day, time just picks up speed. Right. What the heck? <laughs> well. Um. <laughs> It, it 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 is interesting to see how quick time is moving because we're already halfway through the month of January in 2022. Yeah, I know. You know what? It, it's kind of funny because on my way home, I was out today, and on my way home, there was a school bus that I was uh, stopped at a red light, uh, and there's a school bus next to me, and it is like it, I think it's probably like a sports team, it's like a girls' team, and I was like okay. watching them just they're you know high school girls being weird uh making all kinds of noise and you know act i think it was high school or middle school but like i was watching them i was like thinking of my time in school and in sports and being on the school bus at you know 3 30 on my way to some game and i was like man i bet time is like so slow for them right now <laughs> like i i'll bet their day has been so dang long that they're like let's just get to the game and get it over with and i'm <laughs> literally that's that was my thought and in my mind i'm like wasn't it like 9 a.m an hour ago and it's just 3 <laughs> 3 3 30 i'm like god you, you kids just wait another 20 years <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> shoo gone goddamn kids on my lawn <laughs> <clears throat> 
so we were talking to Kim Carpenter. Um, chakras is something that we haven't really covered on Paratruth Radio. I'm not really sure if we ever covered it on um, Night Suckers. Um, I may have covered it on Beyond Reason, but I don't think so. Uh, the only time we've ever really had interaction with the chakras is when we did our, the cleansing for the first time. And I've kind of used that cleansing since then, but um, never talked to anybody about them. Um, something, maybe I should have asked this to Kim, but when I think of the chakras, I kind of think of uh, ley lines in the earth um, mm -hmm. and how that's kind of a similar thing, energy lines through the earth, and then the chakras are the energy system of the body. Um and I kind of wonder if there is a correlation in some way. Yeah. I mean, that is, you know what? I mean, that's something we need to simply email her or message her about. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then next week we can, you know, bring we'll it follow up. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. And it is weird that we haven't talked about this kind of thing because we've been all over the board in terms of spirituality. Um, you know, and just various belief systems and why chakras. And we've talked about meditation. You know, we've mm -hmm. talked about cleansing our own chakras, but we never really talked about it on air, especially with anybody, uh, a professional knowledgeable. Just, just getting, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it is cool because there have been times where, you know, even with the meditation that we have done and you recently gave me again, uh, I am like listening to the meditation and I'm following along and we're, clearing these you know the chakras but i'm thinking to myself like what what exactly is it doing like what is that like you know the soul, solar plex okay i get it and it's they tell you that it, whatever color you know off the top of my, off the top of my right. head i can't think of the color but whatever color it is and it's solar plexus is yellow yeah okay you know and i'm like cool but i don't i don't i, I get that i'm thinking about cleansing <laughs> it and getting rid of the dark right. stuff but i don't know what it is i don't know what it does like what is the point um, right. And I think sometimes I leave a meditation with more questions than I do, you know, <laughs> with the clarity and the calmness that I probably should have after a meditation. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, and, and I know not everyone believes in such a thing. Uh, and, and I think chakras, you know, kind of, kind of go in line, at least in a sense, in terms of like our auras and how our auras can be bigger or smaller, different colors, depending on the energies mm -hmm. uh, that we're right. producing or where our mindset is, uh, you know, and it's kind of cool to think about because you know, there, there was a random fact that I did. Uh, I, don't, I think it was this past summer um, where scientifically speaking, humans actually produce light uh mm -hmm. and a camera can see that it's not visible by the human eye but a specific camera can see that and it's like that's kind of cool that humans can actually do actually produce light on a regular basis and what is it what does it come from and of course we don't know the answer to that but in my mind i'm thinking of the spiritual side you know the soul uh the breath of life or whatever uh is just so powerful that it's radiating through us but if we were to see um see directly within or even without, you know, we, we would look like this shining light, uh, which actually, now that I'm talking about it and thinking about it, I wonder if you had that special camera, it, you know, you, you can see the light. If you were to just do a little tiny cut 
you know, on your arm, would light beam brighter from that cut because you're cutting into yourself? I don't know. I mean, that's it's in- it's interesting. Um, well, something that I've kind of not really studied, but but I've I've kind of researched a little bit is, um, and it's a question maybe for people, somebody that uh, knows auras, if we can get a guest that knows auras, um, and and you're talking about the body emitting light. Our bodies emit a bioelectric field. Mm. Um, uh, most, uh, if not all animals do, uh, if, if you think of an electric eel, they have more bioelectric energy in their body than others because that's how they create the electric shock. Um, so I almost wonder if the light or, or the aura is kind of linked to that scientific part of bioelectric energy being emitted by the body. Yeah. I mean, it could be. It's, it is interesting to think about. Um, and and uh, maybe we just need to get uh, somebody who knows auras, a bioelectric scientist, yeah. <laughs> a chakra person all on the same show and be like, okay, guys, time to hash this out. Yeah. You mean basically people who are going to listen to this episode and then say, guys, you're, you're idiots. It doesn't work that way at all. <laughs> well, but that's that's my point. We need to right. be explained to. <laughs> uh, or if any of you guys listening know more about like bioelectric field or auras or anything, by all means, please correct us, comment, um, reach out to us because not only are we trying to educate you guys, but we want to learn as well. And we want to learn from our listeners if you guys know anything about the stuff we talk about. Um, so have you done a, a, I know when we originally done a cleansing, you, you felt better, but have you done the cleansing since then and without like really analyzing the, the meditation or anything, have you felt better after you've done it? Uh, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> I'm being honest. Okay. I'm being honest. I, I didn't. And it, you know, I think in part, I think in part, the problem is I remember the first time we did the meditation back in September of 2009 and the result was just light and day. It's instantaneous, right? Something I've never felt before. Um, and this last time that I did it, which was two months or a month and a half ago, something like that. I think it was a month and a half ago. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. You know, I, I think part of the problem is my my OCD, my overactive imagination. Like as I'm sitting there listening, my mind is drifting and wandering in so many different places that it's hard to just focus on the words and trying to cleanse uh, the chakras and going through the meditation because I just can't control my own mind long enough to Mm. sit there and take it all in. So I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, Back in 09, I didn't have that big of an issue. It wasn't, you know, I mean, if you can recall back then, the OCD wasn't that bad. Uh, I was able to, you know, I was pretty calm. Uh, So yeah, I, I think that's probably the main reason I didn't feel the same thing, or at least didn't feel a, a, uh, I don't know. I guess a a better, yeah, better cleanser, cleansing, calmer, all that. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to meditate when you have that. I mean, even for me, um, somebody who doesn't necessarily have OCD, but I'm always thinking, um, it is very hard for me to meditate. Um, I have to be in a warm bath. Um, I, I usually use a like a bath bomb with with scents and stuff, so that way I'm concentrating more on the the senses than I am what I'm thinking about. Um, usually, I, I I haven't done the guided meditation in several years, so I want I actually want to start using it again because I use like uh, Pandora and use their meditation um, channel and then I'm interrupted by a commercial. I'm like, Oh God, I was almost, I was was almost there. I was almost there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think like for me, the most calm that I tend to feel is when a, I feel secure, which means I'm in a location where there's no interruption. I know nobody's going to like sneak up on me or anything like that. Mm. Um, You know, I, I tend to feel pretty calm when I'm lying outside just in nature, whether it's in the backyard or in the park or something, um, where I can kind of, it's like the, you know, the, the various noises, the ambience of, you know, the ambience of everything happening around me is kind of a meditative sound, uh, birds chirping or crickets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the park, for example, and I'm trying to focus on that, I don't know what or who's behind me because there's people at the park and I tend to, my focus draws to like trying to, I, I guess, make sense of what's around me. So I f- don't get caught off guard. Um, but like things like outdoors, you know, just looking up at the sky or relaxing or out on the ocean. Like, you know, I, when I'm on my surfboard, for example, there is a certain calm that comes over me, despite the God knows what is lurking below me thing. Uh, there's just a sense of peace because of the sound of the waves, the movement of the water, uh, the sea breeze, all of that. I'm just like, my mind doesn't wander except to one place. And, you know, that's usually whether or not there's a shark that's going to jump up out and take me away. But, you know, that even that tends to go away uh, when I'm in the ocean. So irrational fears are a part of your OCD. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is it irrational? I mean, I'm in the shark's domain. <laughs> I don't belong there. <laughs> All right. Well, Next week, uh, we do have another guest on. I uh, will be talking to uh, Shelly Kerr. Uh, she wrote a book called Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. Um, should be an interesting one because we've never really talked about past lives or past life regression or anything like that. Um, trying to think, is there any other, any other um, housekeeping we need to do at all? Um... Let's see, no holidays are coming up or anything like that. No, I, I think we're, I think that's it for now. Okay. All right, folks. Well, make sure you're checking out Evergreen Podcasts, killerpodcast.com. Um, we are super excited to see all the stuff that's coming up for killerpodcast.com. Uh, as we mentioned earlier last week or the week before, that uh, the Mallard Report has finally gotten on with us on killer podcast. So we're super excited about that. Um, but until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin and I'm Eric. Peace.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> so, no. Right.